the St. Thomas the Doubter podcast. My name is Mark, and I'm the pastor of the Congregation of St. Thomas the Doubter, an independent ecumenical congregation for all people that embraces holy doubt, the importance of grace, and the power of solidarity in community. You can find out more about our congregation online at www.stthomascongregation.org. This podcast offers the scripture lessons and sermons from our Sunday evening services. In the future, it may also be a place for conversation and discussion on various issues of religion and faith. Today's episode is from the service for January 22, 2023, the third Sunday after the Epiphany. Scripture lessons are Isaiah 9, 1-4 and Matthew 4, 12-23, and the sermon is entitled, In the Land of Zebulun and Naphtali. We hope you enjoy the episode. The first lesson is Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1-4. through 4. <clears throat> But there will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the latter time he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken, as on the day of Midian. And a reading from the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 4, verses 12 through 23. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. As I have mentioned to you before, both in this setting and in Bible studies and others, there are no really extraneous details in the Bible. The Bible is fairly laconic or terse, as one of my professors in seminary used to say. There's 
little given by way of description of what people are wearing, of what their hair looks like, of any of their facial features, because none of that is important. In fact, the only time we get any details in the scripture is because those details matter. There's something about those details that matters. It's interesting because we get in tonight's lesson from Matthew this little geographic detail. We all know that Jesus is from Galilee. That is not a fact that you can miss very much in the scripture. It describes him as Jesus of Nazareth, which is a city in the Galilee, and he is described as being a Galilean and his disciples as Galileans. Yet it is Matthew alone who identifies Galilee as the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. And it's this interesting little geographic detail. Why does Matthew tell us this? Well, part of it is that this is kind of Matthew's shtick. This is something Matthew likes to do, is to connect the details of Jesus's life with the details of Israel's story. And Matthew does this a lot. We have, over the last few weeks, seen a number of instances of Matthew doing this. He has has Jesus born to a Joseph who has dreams that lead them down to Egypt. This is very much an echo of the Joseph story from Genesis. There is a slaying of the firstborn story when Herod has all the children of Bethlehem destroyed out of fear over Jesus being born. The whole sojourn down into Egypt and coming back up out of Egypt are echoes again also of the Passover, the Exodus story, and so on. And And Matthew also engages in a kind of what's called a a typology prophecy fulfillment motif. That is, he is very fond of telling you something and then saying, this happened in order to fulfill the statement that, you know, by the prophet, so-and-so, that. And very often when we go back and look at the things that Matthew was quoting, they don't really have much to do with what he's suggesting, but that's not his point. He is making a connection between Jesus's story and the story of Israel. He's making a connection between what is happening in the present moment with Jesus and his disciples and what has come before. And he is inviting the readers to draw the connection between those two things, thematically, theologically, or otherwise. And so it's not surprising that an evangelist like Matthew, who's very fond of quoting the Old Testament prophets, should find a prophetic passage here about Zebulun and Naphtali to include in his story of Jesus returning to Galilee. What is interesting is asking ourselves, why bother? What is there to prove about Zebulun and Naphtali? I mean, they haven't been called those regions, Zebulun and Naphtali, for a very, very long time. It would be like telling your friend that you're going to go to New Amsterdam for the weekend, or telling someone that I lived not far from Fort Orange. None of these places are called that anymore and have not been for quite some time. They are names from the past. 
They're names that are anachronistic, even in Jesus's day. And in fact, they're names that probably had not been used for that area since the destruction of the northern kingdom of Israel in the 8th century BC. And that's actually not an insignificant point. See, Zebulun and Naphtali are two of the sons of Jacob. There are some of the lesser known sons. We tend to know, you know, Joseph, <clears throat> Judah, Reuben, maybe, Simeon. But Zebulun and Naphtali are two of the sons of Jacob and therefore two of the tribes of Israel and tribes that had land in the north of Israel and Judah around what is the Galilee. And so those lands had come into some measure of desolation when the northern kingdom was destroyed, when the Assyrians conquered the northern kingdom of Israel and scattered its people throughout the world. Those words about hope and light coming to Zebulun and Naphtali represented restoration out of ruin. The restoration out of ruin for two tribal communities, for two for a region that had been decimated by the Assyrian onslaught to the point where it no longer even bore the name of those two tribes after that. So here, Isaiah's prophecy is speaking to the hope of restoration for even a ruined kingdom. Hope in the midst of this utter desolation. That those people who have walked in darkness, on them light has shined. That, I think is what Matthew is doing here with his connecting modern, for him, Galilee, with ancient Zebulun and Naphtali. See, there's something interesting when, when the, the past, the, the Isaiah portion, speaks of Galilee of the Gentiles. It's a designation for that part of the Galilee that's on the other side of the Jordan River, that's on in what would be modern-day Jordan or Syria. And there's an interesting thing about the word Galilee, is the word really means something like borderland or the edge. I, I'm kind of fascinated by this because the word Ukraine kind of means the same thing. But so here they are in speaking of this sort of border region, this edge recent region, this place that's on the frontier of where the Gentiles, of where the nations are, and the land of Israel, that in that place, that is where light will shine. And that is the place where Jesus is from. Jesus, we are told he moves out of Nazareth and makes his home in Capernaum. So he kind of moves into the big town in the neighborhood out of his little small town. And there in Capernaum begins a ministry. He begins calling disciples by that very sea of Galilee, by that same body that is referenced in the Isaiah passage as the site of hope 
for the future. It's there that he calls Simon and Andrew and James and John. It's there that he begins his ministry of healing and teaching and of curing and of casting out demons and other afflictions. And it's there that he begins that ministry. And I think what we as moderns fail to appreciate is that Galilee was the backwater. It wasn't the center of the world in any meaningful way. It wasn't even the center of the Jewish world. There were lots of Jews who lived there, but the center of the Jewish world was always Jerusalem, always had been Jerusalem. And so this idea that it's not in Judah, it's not in Jerusalem, but it's in the lands of Zebulun and Naphtali, the places that have were long ago destroyed and that were only recently resettled by Jews after the exile, places that have long been on the border, on the edges of God's story, this is where Jesus calls his disciples, in the borderlands, at the margins, in the Zebulans and Naphtalis of the world. It's there that light is proclaimed in the darkness. That's an important thing for us to remember, because we can so easily be convinced that things need to happen in important places to matter. And it's certainly easier for your message to get out if you're a part of the New York City metropolitan communication structure or the Washington DC media culture or every, any other big city or any other place. If you're in the Londons or the Parises of the world, like those are the places that it's, you can get your message to lots of people but it's not in Jerusalem that the gospel starts. It's not even in Antioch or Alexandria or Babylon or Athens or, and certainly not in Rome. But it's in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. It's in a little town called Capernaum by the sea. Near an even smaller town called Nazareth. This. This is where the work of discipleship begins. That's why Matthew is telling us this. It's not just another instance of the kind of biblical, well, that proves that, or I told you so kind of thing that Matthew likes to do. He's telling us something special about the nature of this proclamation, the kind of hope that it brings to the kind of place that it comes to the kind of people who need to hear it. Those who have walked in darkness, they will see a great light. Thank you for listening to this episode of the St. Thomas the Doubter podcast. For more information about the podcast and our congregation, visit www.stthomascongregation.org. Thanks again, and we hope you will join us again soon.